Welcome to episode 33 of the Bike Pack Canada podcast with yours truly, Ryan Corey. My interview today is with Justin Chadwick and Trevor Anderson, co-organizers of the Hurton Albertan 550. Our discussion rounds out what we'll uh, tentatively call the Canadian Bikepacking Triple Crown. Um, our other two chats being with uh, uh, Leonard, of course, from the BC Epic 1000, and uh, Jonathan Hayward from the Alberta Rockies 700. Um, that's not to say that there are not more events uh, in the mix. There's not a ton, but there, there's a few others um, that have some traction. Um, so I, I'm very much not discouraging those events when, when we talk about a, a triple count crown. Um, but it's, it's clear that the, the three events that I mentioned, um, these are where the greatest interest is uh, right now for, for the bikepacking community uh, in, in Canada. And uh, per, perhaps more importantly, um, from my side of things, um, it's great to see that this is where the greatest uh, collaboration is, is happening uh, behind the scenes. We begin our chat with some stories from Justin's recent stint of van life, uh, traveling down through the U.S. with his wife and new baby son. Yeah, we were, we were on the road for about two months, uh, mostly south of the border. Um, did a series of like three gravel races, one in Minnesota, one in Illinois, and then uh, Dirty Kansas in Kansas. And then made our way back to the Rockies and then uh, sort of drove as much of the divide route as we could. Um, and then back home to Calgary. Cool. So d- did you catch the, the race coming through then? Yeah, we encountered a few racers. The the lead group and probably most of the mid-pack had already been through by the time we intersected with the route. But uh, we we did stop and chat with a few along the way. Awesome. And how was uh, life on the road with uh, the new baby? It was good most of the time. Um <laughs> challenging at times but you know kind of to be expected um but yeah he's growing like crazy developing like crazy so there was lots of adapting for us to do <laughs> for the last two months trying to you know grow with him yeah and what, what was the favorite part of, of the areas you saw um we really enjoyed um colorado like we we can't um backcountry just outside of Salida for a week um, and just did some mountain biking around there. That was probably one of the highlights for us um, as a family. Uh, for me, personally, Kansas, Kansas was a big one. Um, tough race. Um, but I, you know, kind of met and, and exceeded my goal a little bit. So that was, that was good for me personally. Awesome. And what I, I was talking to my friend, uh, J- our friend Jackie, that uh, also finished the race. And, you know, I, I know of the Dirty Kanza, but I've never experienced it firsthand. Um, but what is it about that, that race or, or that region that, that draws in uh, so many folks? Um, the region is unique uh, for, for Kansas. Like that east central area of Kansas is uh not as flat, I guess, as, as the rest, right? It's, they, they call it the Flint Hills region. And uh, it's one of the the last, I guess, natural natural grassland regions um, in the United States, or last and biggest, I guess. Um, I don't know why that race in particular, though, does draw the, the crowds it does, um, but I think, or why it did originally. But now I think it's because it's so popular and there's a huge 
um, community and energy around the race. So I think now that's why it's, it's so popular. Awesome. So you're, you're back for the, the foreseeable future or are you hitting the road again? Uh, we'll be back for the rest of July and then we got, uh, a week planned, uh, just to do some mountain biking in Fernie. So we will be camping at, uh, uh, Mount Fernie Provincial Park and just riding the trails there around town. Okay, cool. And uh, Trevor, you, you were mentioning that you have, you have some disc issues, but uh, are you, you going to be racing the, the Hurt in Alberta this year or going to be getting out just at a touring pace anyways? I'll, I'll be out for the whole thing. Um, I was just going to do some like videoing and some interviews and stuff and just visiting with people while ride, just do some like short little rides. But yeah, the back is kind of, I had a herniated disc and a bulging disc and they're both degenerated. So I'm, I've been on chronic pain medication for the last four months. So the biggest ride I've done was 70 K and it hurt a lot more than I, I thought it would. I'm just trying to get the body in shape and build core and strength and stuff and hopefully get some short rides built up. But yeah, it's not looking like I'm going to be able to do it this year. Well, on a, on a positive note, and I, I feel for you, chronic pain is, is brutal, but on a positive note, it looks like you've taken a bit of a, a new turn as far as, uh, you've gone back to school and, um, tell us what you're pursuing right now. Uh, I'm just upgrading everything to A's and A's, A pluses, and then uh, going to be taking a medical lab technician program, and then uh, hopefully set there for the future. Open up some doors to. Do. I I noticed you set up a, a greenhouse in in your home too. How's that going? Really good. I figured since I'm off for the summer, um, I usually do it every year, but this year just being off, I, I went above and beyond what I usually do and have some other properties that I have gardens and stuff on and just selling a lot of greens and tomatoes and stuff. So it's just kind of a, a family passion that we have for gardening and yeah. Cool. Keeps me calm. Uh, well, let's, let's get into to how you guys know each other. Where, where, where'd you first meet? Uh, I think we first met, um, through the bike club, right? Yeah. Beachy sport. We're, we're both members of beachy sport, which is a cycling club, uh, out of Calgary. Um, but I think our friendship really started to blossom, um, while I was a customer at the bike shop that Trevor managed. And then the Hurt number came from an AGM. Or- so, um, w- yeah, where, where does that seed, seed get planted? Uh, had you done any bikepacking events prior to the, the Hurt and Alberton? Either of you? So it was, we started talking about it when I got back from the Trans Am in the summer of 2015. Um, and Trevor actually approached me. He, he, you know, had the idea that, that, you know, wanted to, to start growing this community in Alberta. And I was, you know, fresh off the stoke 
um, from the Trans Am, and uh, it just started, you know, growing from there. So the, the the route that you chose, does it have anything to do with uh, Justin? I know you had some involvement with Two Wheel View, uh, leading some tours. Had you previously explored some of the the Badline areas? No, that was all new to me. Um, the route, um, it's sort of just a function of, you know, what we wanted to achieve with the race, and that was kind of showcasing what Southern Alberta has to offer. So we wanted to touch the Badlands, the prairies, and the mountains. Um, so the route is sort of just a function of that. Okay. And um, how many how many racers did you get for year one, so year one being last year? Yeah, I think we had 18 out on, on start day. Okay. And uh, the the route, like, had you had a chance to explore it all firsthand uh, before everyone got out there, or was it was it relatively fresh for everyone involved? We drove it um, twice and then uh, rode it in pieces once as well. I was an agronomist for that area for the for the for Bicycler area and just west of Drumheller so I knew a lot of it and really liked that stuff so that was kind of a benefit to have some good ideas for different roads and stuff like that yeah and the 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 route then I gather is is it mostly drivable all drivable like is is there any kind of uh double track where a car couldn't go yeah, there's a couple sections that uh, that you'd need a, a high clearance vehicle to drive. Okay, gotcha. And the, the the communities. Tell us about the communities that you go through. So um, this year, starting in Bicycler, that's a little bit different from from last. Um, and we're gonna set the route so we all head west uh, first um, from Bicycler. So. The first stop along the way would be Water Valley, um, which would be about 110K in. Um, and then you've got a big stretch um, down the trunk road and back to Bicycler, um without, you know, uh, without towns for sure. Um, there may be some, some opportunity to resupply with water along the way. You know, there's, there's campgrounds um, and a few other little points of interest along Highway 40 where there, there could be water. Um, and then, of course, Bicycler, which is serving as sort of a midway point this year as well. Um, that's at about 320K. Um, and then what we're calling the second half, I guess, would be the Badlands Loop. Um, so there you've got Rocky Ford, uh, which has, you know, a cafe, uh, convenience store. Um, that's at about 365. Um, and then next up would be Wayne. Um, there's a little bar there called the Last Chance Saloon. Um, and again, just like a little general store, uh, that's at 4:30, um, and then Drumheller, um, full services there at 4:75, and then back to Bicycler for the finish at around 5:50. Gotcha. And the I, I gather most of the the climbing will be along the the front range there. So uh, earlier on in the road is is was was it on purpose to to head that direction first this year, or were we just trying to mix it up? I think the thought process there was that uh, we've got so many returning riders this year and with such a low finishing rate last year, um, 
<laughs> and that, you know, we, we went east first last year to the Badlands. So we we're wanting to give those individuals a chance to for sure see the other half of the route. Okay. And on the note of, uh, you know, low finishing rate, do you have any thoughts on, on what, you know, what were the factors that led to that? It was really hot um, and windy. It was supposed to be 18. It was supposed to be just perfect. Um, So everybody was going to do half the first day and finish after just a short nap, I think was the general plan for most. But then, uh, yeah, it got up to, I think, like 35 in Drumheller area. And getting into Bicycler, it got really, really cold. So... The, the temperature fluctuation took a lot of people out. There's a big stretch between Drumheller um, and Bicycler, too. That's just a big, long uh, straight with no turns for probably close to 100K. Wow. Um, straight west. Straight west. So um, if it's windy out of the west, that could definitely be challenging mentally. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people sort of lost their lost their resolve too. Okay, was, was that that stretch? Yeah. It's beautiful. Like you're you're riding, you have a great view of the mountains. You just have you're just climbing the foothills, and you just see the the mountains coming closer and closer. And it's just a real nice ride. Yeah. So for those riding through the the night, um, I I only realized this morning that you changed up the route to go the the west first. Um, so when I was scouting some of the sections, um, I went through Water Valley thinking, oh, there's no point. Like all this stuff's going to be closed. So that stuff's going to be open for, for folks. And um, I, I'm not too familiar with Bicycler and Drumheller, but, uh, you know, for, for late arrivals or, 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 you know, early morning arrivals, are, are, do you expect any services to be open in those areas? Bicycler, probably not. Uh, drum... I would say probably there'd be one or two 24-hour gas stations there. There's Bicycler is a farm town, so the gas station cafe is open pretty early. Um, the the bar and the gas station I want to say close at 11. So it it could be hit and miss for that that window, probably from like 11 to 5:36. Yeah. But uh, with with Bicycler, I, I noticed in your notes that there there is a hint at a possible neutral support. Is is that something that's still yeah. a go? That's yeah, that's been confirmed. So we're we're working with uh, Dan Richter, the owner of Cafe Rubé in Cochrane. Okay. Um, so he'll be, he'll be there, uh, sort of manning a neutral support station. Um, so any mechanical needs he'll be there to assist with um, and then we'll we'll likely be offering uh, some food as well okay so I, in addition to going west this year i noticed that um you also moved the starting position from cross iron mills was was the idea just to i guess have it well more of a kind of a homely feel in, in a farming community rather than a parking lot or was there anything beyond that that was part of it. The other was to try to centralize the start point a little bit too, so we could use it as the halfway point. Okay. Um, yeah. With with the intent that for people who 
maybe aren't aren't sort of racing to win it, um, but more just to challenge themselves with you know back to back big days. They've got um, a designated you know uh, camp spot to end their first day and start their second. Okay, and uh, Trevor, Trevor, I, I noticed uh, you you roped in a few special guests from from the U.S. Uh, who who are they, and how did you make that happen? Uh, Josh and Val, they're going to be the powerhouse crew on the tandem. Yeah. Um, I talked to Josh on Facebook and then met him at the summit and then just have kind of kept in touch since then. And both him and Val, when they had heard about it, thought that it sounded like a fun race that they could do it on the tandem. It'd just be a perfect ride for a tandem. Um, so they were going to try to book the time off and then they got it. And then, yeah, they were just super pumped to, to come down. And then Josh has been telling a couple other people. I've had some contact with a couple people in Washington who sound like they might come down. Um, we haven't done a lot of, a lot of advertising and stuff like that. We just kind of let it grow into itself and word of mouth more so. Yeah. So it's kind of cool keeping it kind of low key that the word of mouth is getting out and there's it's starting to grow a little bit more and more. So having having people with big Facebook pages like Josh and Val definitely help spread that word out. Yeah. And so if people want to learn about the race, um, they're going to well, your website is uh, Ride Long Sleep Outside. And uh, I guess the next obvious question is, when you started the website, which I assume came first, was was the original atten- intention for that to be host to, to something uh, more? Or, it, you know, wh- what is the intention? That, what was the original intention of Ride Long Sleep Outside? Uh, I think it's very, it was very similar to what, what you're trying to do with Bike Pack Canada and just, you know, bring the community together. Um, but you've been doing a fantastic job with, with, uh, your site. Um, so I think that, the the intent sort of shifted, shifted a little bit. Um, and now it's more of just a, a platform to, uh, to provide information for the race specifically. Okay. Okay. And, uh, Justin, I forgot to, if I asked, but will you be racing again this year? I'm undecided right now. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a a week of decision. I might uh, might be doing the same thing as Trevor, just sort of uh, you know being a rover on the course, um, sort of re- reporting from the field, um, video and photos and stuff um, for for followers. Cool. And uh, as far as uh, people really trying to push it, I see that um, Adam, who just won the the Alberta Rockies 700, he's he's signed up. Are there any other big uh, hitters this year? I think uh, Chris Wallace uh, is maybe a bit of a dark horse. He's, he's been he's been riding a lot. Corey Kachowski has been, by the sounds of it, training pretty hard. Tom DeVry, single speed. He's he's always super consistent and just goes and goes. So 
That's the other thing too. We've got count him out. We've actually got a single speed field this year. So with Dean Anderson in there too, Tom DeVry and uh, and possibly Niels Van Omeren, um will be out there on a single speed too. So that'll be interesting to watch. Wow. So Dean is is pushing for. Um, I I I don't know if he's the first, but I guess I, what we could call a triple crown this year. Yep, yep. I think, uh, did Tom do it last year? Yeah, actually, when I was thinking of names, his 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 name jumped out. I think you might be right on that one. Cool. Well, at the summit, we might have to try to start a, an award of some sort. I think that's a pretty neat acknowledgement. I put out last year that all the organizers would get, uh, would supply a, a fully loaded steak dinner, but I don't think we ever got that finished up. <laughs> and uh M- megan i is is she has she mentioned anything about returning to uh uh challenge her time at all i haven't heard but i'm really hoping she will i i think she's kind of like me so megan if you're listening that's a call out <laughs> yeah i uh i saw her i saw her in canmore over the weekend she's been dealing with some health things but she's she's chomping at the bit for sure um, looking through some questions here from uh, listeners, uh, Greg Johnson, who if I'm thinking is the same Greg Johnson who just did, did the Tour Divide, he was asking um, if you have a recommended uh, bike choice uh, for the for the course and uh, and or tire size. So last year we had everything from cyclocross bikes on like 35 mil tires all the way up to fat bikes, and I think that. You know, everybody had some success. Yeah. Um, Greg will be fine on his Warbird. I think it, it really depends, too, on how freshly graded the roads are. Like last year, there were some sections where the gravel was pretty loose and deep. So um, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't want to ride that stuff on anything less than like maybe a 40 mil tire. That, that's my personal opinion. But but I know that like Chris Wallace, for example, uh, I think was on 35s last year, and he he uh, yeah made made it through that stuff. So gotcha. Joanne, who uh, is is doing the race um, and and crew, helping me crew this weekend, uh, the 24 Hours of Adrenaline. Uh, she going off our comment on the 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 services along the route. She was wondering if. Um, anywhere listed on the site or um, if you're going to provide it after or before the race um, camp spots and restock points like something kind of officially written down or is that something that folks need to do a bit more research on yeah I I would say that we probably won't publish anything officially Um, you know we'd we'd really encourage folks to look at the route um, and, and do some research on their own um, but if they really do have questions that, you know, they can't answer, um, via that research, uh, always feel free to email us and we'll help where we can. Okay. Um, she, she was also curious about your, your tour divide run, Justin. So you did that, uh, last year. Um, she was curious to know what you, you most loved about, uh, that experience. Uh, just the simplicity of it, like. I don't know if you've heard the term living on the line, right? Just it refers to the little blue line on your Garmin. Like nothing else matters, right? Just for that, whatever, 20 days, you're just on the line. Um, 
It's simple, right? Get up, eat, ride, eat, 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 and ride, and then eat more. Is there um, is there anything that you wanted to mention that's that's different about this year, or anything that we didn't uh, cover? You know, we're, we're trying to build a community around this too. Uh, we don't want it just to be a race. Um, we want you know people who like doing the same thing to have the opportunity to meet people, um, meet other people, and hang out, um, eat food, drink beer, and then uh, go out and ride bikes together. Um, so that's the idea around around having the camping there Friday night and, and Saturday night. We're hoping that you know um, most people will, will try to take advantage of that. Excellent. And is there still space for folks to sign up? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're looking for more. So if if people are interested and they haven't done it yet, um, we we'd be happy to have to have more. It's a great introduction race for a lot of people. It's not. It's it's definitely far from impossible, and it's super close to Calgary. Like there's lots of bike clubs and tons of racers and people that are curious about these kind of events. And you have that halfway point. It's it's one of those things where they think they have to come out and finish it and stuff like that. Like you can come out, you can do a half, you can camp, you can meet new people, you can get out, get out and like try something different. And uh, yeah, like it's not everyone's going to be out there to have the fastest time like that. It's just doing something different, living outside your, your comfort zone, learning new things, seeing different things that you've never seen and just having fun. So it's, it's just so easy and accessible and it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it should be one where a lot of people will come out and just come do a half. You guys, you guys have a pretty good, uh, you know, finger on the pulse of the the Calgary cycling community in in various capacities. Do you do you see like a lot of kind of people kind of perking interest in, in wanting to do you know your event or, or bike packing in general, or is 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 interest kind of just staying at a, a plateau? I think it's I think it's growing for sure, um, maybe slowly, but. Uh, you know, it, it is growing. I think it's still a bit of a, a fringe sort of niche um, within the greater cycling community. But um, I do think that that the interest is, is growing. When I was managing the shop, um, tons of people were just so excited about it. They just didn't have the right stuff or the know-how to, to go about doing it. And then bike sales across Canada from talking with reps, um, endurance bikes and like Fondos and stuff are really big for a good while there. And then the sales for like Fondo style bikes went down and adventure bikes were booming. So I, I would say it's definitely growing. It's just everything that comes, this came from the States and everything just kind of trickles in from the States up to here. With, with events like this. And uh, I think there's going to be a big growth over the next couple of years, especially now that there, there are four between Alberta and BC. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree. And um, maybe to wrap things up here, do each of you have a, a favorite story um, that you either heard or your experience firsthand from the event last year that you want to share? Uh, 
Alberta Rockies. The going into the evening of the first day, um, there was I, I don't remember what the there's that big river crossing just after Nordeg, and then there's that just redundant climb, and I remember just standing and just climbing that whole thing, and I knew I was in the front few, and you're always looking for that next person, just kind of gunning for that next person, um, and I kept thinking, I kept seeing someone up ahead wearing green on the left, and I, I would start climbing faster, and then I got going downhill, and just going full out, just could not figure out how I'm not catching up to this person. And then it just got to the point where I just kind of stopped and was like, oh, the guy's not moving. And then it was just like, okay, it's, it's time to slow down and uh, eat and drink a little bit more because you're just chasing leaves. So that was one of the things that I remembered was being frustrating was just chasing this ghost that ended up just being the same thing you see all day kind of drove me bonkers on that, that event, especially in the region you're talking about, it's well, very hilly and, uh, you you can never see too far ahead. So if you, if you thought you saw something just ahead, I, I could see how you'd always think, you know, be, be curious if you just missed it or you thought you saw it again going around the next corner. And yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Justin, how about for you? Any standout stories from, well, your event or, or any event last year? Yeah, the Hurt No Burden specifically uh, for me, it was just watching Megan and Adam duke it out on the, the back half of of the course. Um, I had already scratched um, just before Bicycler, um, got a pickup, and then... Um, met up with the two of them um, as they were resupplying at the the general store in Bicycle. Um They both looked pretty pretty hurting, but they they decided to push on, and uh, it was you know really fun to watch them via track leaders um, on the back half of the course. She looked pretty shattered when she finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the result is, is incredible. Like super impressive. So I I can't remember exactly what was going on at the time, but I, I didn't get a chance to follow uh, the event live on on track leaders. But how um, so? So Megan and Adam were were close together going into the last I don't know last well back half. But how what 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 was it that caused Megan to uh, pull away uh, from what you saw? I think Adam had a little nap. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, and- and then Megan kept going. She only slept for 15 minutes. And then, uh, yeah, Adam slept a little bit longer. I think that's what happened anyway. Adam and Megan, if we're, we're wrong, make sure you correct us. Yeah. And uh, Adam finished, correct? Uh, he did, yeah. Yeah, so the three finishers last year were Megan, Adam, uh, and then Tom Debris. Okay, so how how far back was uh, Adam from Megan in, at the finish? I think it was like an hour, maybe uh, a couple hours. Yeah, like two hours. Yeah. Oh, he's so it was still it was still pretty close. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, he's he's going to be going for it this year, I imagine. Oh, I think so. I think so. Megan Spot had died at one point, and I, I don't think Adam was quite sure where she was. Um, so when I saw him just coming around the corner, I think he wasn't still sure if she was done or not. Uh, okay. The old, uh, he, was, he was hammering pretty hard up the last hill. The old malfunctioning spot fake out. Yeah, that's, I, I was, I was re- rereading, uh, Megan's, um, uh, review of the race and her experience and, yeah, for, for, for those that are, are interested in doing the event, uh, ride long, sleep outside. So you, you can register for um, the race. You can uh, let the guys know if you want to rent a spot tracker. So if, you, if you've never done anything like this before and you want to try it out, that's a good way to just test it out without investing in the, the monthly plan. Um, they've got the, the camping option and um, a, bunch of rep- a bunch of blogs from uh, Justin's Tour Divide and uh, also uh, Megan's uh, tremendous uh, review or report on, uh, on the race and, and how that all unfolded with uh, the spot tracker and, and, and everything else. But uh, thanks, guys, for, for your time. And, and I look forward to, to taking part in the event. It's, there's going to be a lot of new areas for myself. I, I'm quite familiar with the, the, the front range now, but I, I haven't ridden out by Drumheller before. So looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, thank you for your, your volunteer work behind the scenes. And, uh, uh, yeah, looking forward to catching up soon. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you.